Welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam storytelling podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts? Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. But we're back. <laughs> Another hey. episode of Jammiest. Yes. Uh, last week, I dared you to write a story about silent film. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see how that's turned out. But first, you know, how are you? I'm okay. Just moving and shaking. I got my first vaccine shot yesterday. Mm. Everyone get vaccinated. Get your Fauci ouchies. <laughs> um, Cassie, you're fully vaccinated, right? Yes, I am. Not to brag, but I'm bragging. Yeah. <laughs> um and my arm hurts really bad but it's fine because it is coursing through me the cure you feel strong i feel strong except for in that arm i don't feel strong (laughs) (laughs) i felt so much relief after my first shot and uh even more relief after the second one though the second one hurt a little bit more oh really yeah like i know it's not like I know that we can still transmit to others, but for myself, I feel so much safer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like a load off for sure. We're still being super safe. Yeah. I I mean, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a transition for everyone to like get back to whatever we want to get back to. Yeah. I'm going on a trip. Um, next week, next month. Oh my gosh. Something just fell in my room ghost probably a ghost something related to your trip maybe haunted who are you show yourself um now ricky's like investigating okay well as long as you have your protector there i do (laughs) um but i'm going to san francisco for my sister's bachelorette trip and we're all going to be vaccinated and cute. <laughs> um, but I'm, like, super excited to just go and do something. Like, you know, moving around, going to places, mm-hmm. being, like, ourselves yeah, again. I don't really have anything to update. My life's pretty boring at the moment. Oh, I did pitch something. <laughs> actually and it got passed on so there's that um cassie also has had pitching it okay but cassie also does this cute thing where she um gets like articles and shit in the new yorker and then doesn't tell you and it's like oh it's not a big deal but it's actually a big freaking deal and stuff it was a really big deal but then you know 25 or 25 but then 24 hours goes by and your life is still the same and you're like oh okay (laughs) and then kind of forget about it (laughs) um i did also get a satirical piece in mcsweeney's recently which is also like really hard to get into in the satire world so i was really um really proud of that those are two big milestones and like my satire (laughs) list of things that i want to do um there's still one particular uh website i'm trying to get into and uh, gonna crack that one hopefully by the end of the year. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I mean, I was shook when I saw you were in the New Yorker. I was like, wow, I just talked to her. I think it was like 
a couple days after we spoke or something. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for letting me know about this. Sorry. I forget that anyone cares about me the moment that, like, we hang up. And it's such a bad thing. Like, my brain is broken somehow. Because as soon as we stop talking, I'm just like, I'm alone in the world. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know what it is, but I absolutely hate it. And I'm trying to, like... (laughs) Write a satire about it. (laughs) Or go to therapy. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) When 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 I get my next job, I might start going back to therapy. Right yeah. now, I'm currently unemployed, just where I left my show, so just, like, trying to find the next thing. And then, yeah, I should take care of that, because that is an issue. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah. that is that is the struggle in our line of work that we have chosen for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm really wondering, anything. like, what, what we were thinking. A little bit. <sighs> I wouldn't change anything. But I am thinking it a little bit now that I'm, like, in it. I know. That's why you just invest in Dogecoin. And you'll be fine. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Let's not even go there. Okay. We don't have to get into it. (laughs) One more thing about the current culture that I just don't understand. (laughs) All right. But I'm ready for this thing. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So... Last episode, I dared you to write a short story or some kind of writing based on the theme silent film. So what do you have for us? Set it up. I have a spicy little number. Um, You've been so spicy this season and I'm just like all for it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, okay. You guys. There is a little Easter egg in this that is a callback to a story that I wrote in season one or season two. So I can't remember which one. But um, yeah, let's see if Cassie can pick it up. I guarantee you I'll forget. (laughs) I've probably forgotten. (laughs) If I forget I have friends like minutes after talking to you. Sure, I've <laughs> Well, no, it's it's cool because it's like okay. No, I'll explain it all after. Okay, okay. Let's do it. It's probably something to do with a lion, but okay. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> okay. Ricky Sherwood, you're joshing. Why would I josh about that? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm surprised. He's quite a bit older, isn't he? Dolly, don't be so simple. The man who played your husband in your last picture was how old? Dolly looks down at her shoes. She blushes. You're right. Old stinky George Daniels. He was very good in it. Marjorie handed her lipstick red tipped cigarette to Dolly, who took a puff, adding a light pink over the dark red. Oh, yes, he's a brilliant actor. But that doesn't mean he doesn't stink of whiskey and wet dog. Marjorie laughs. Dolly hands back the cigarette. But golly, Ricky Sherwood. He looks like he smells of cedar and mint. She closes her eyes, imagining it. He's so handsome. Marjorie nods. That he is, doll. 
I do worry, though. Oh, never mind. Dolly shields her eyes in the sun and looks at Marjorie. She shifts a little to find herself in the shade again. The two women look ultra glam as they stand in the sheltered shadow of the Warner Brothers water tower high above them. People are mulling about, set hands, actors, people in monkey outfits, fancy cars, dogs, and a wardrobe on wheels whiz by. The magic of old Hollywood. Two actresses on a cigarette break. What? Tell me, Marjorie. Marjorie takes a deep breath and leans in close to Dolly. Don't tell, doll. I ain't supposed to tell anybody. Breach of contract and all that. But the picture is a talkie. Dolly's big brown eyes go wide and her pink lips separate wide as her jaw drops. A talkie? Oh, wowie. I heard they were going to start producing those, but I didn't think it'd be so soon. You're a pioneer woman, Marjorie. Marjorie smiles. They say it will be the norm in no time. That we will be only making talkies, and this old way will be history. Well, I can't imagine that. But what does that have to do with Ricky Sherwood? Well, I had never met him before. Have you? Dolly laughs a little bit. Her brown hair falls in front of her face as she puts it behind her ear. She says, Oh, Marjorie, you know. I would know exactly how Ricky Sherwood smells if I had met him. Marjorie's own red hair blows behind her in a sudden breeze that whips through the sound stages. Well, I can confirm he smells quite nice. But the only problem is this. Obviously, this is both of our first talkies, and I'm nervous about our voices. Oh, Marjorie, you have a lovely voice. It's so silky and deep and quite sensual, if I may say. Oh, doll, you're sweet like candy. It's Mr. Sherwood, though, I worry about. Because while my voice is deep and sensual, his is... higher. Higher? One word that comes to mind is squeaky. Oh, no. And then there's the lisp. Oh, poor thing! Marjorie looks around. And just imagine me trying to be the young ingenue with my alto tone, and he trying to be the dashing hero with his squeak. Oh, Marjorie, don't make fun. I know, I, I apologize. I do worry, though, about the picture. This talkie business is quite anxiety-inducing. Well, this will not make you feel better, but what about your knee? My knee? It clicks every time you move, Marjorie. Marjorie's face drains. Oh, no. It's a dancing picture, too. The microphone is bound to pick up my clicking knee, Dolly. What do I do? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said a thing. A large bell rings, and we hear some commotion and a large, booming voice from a bullhorn. Back to set, please! The women walk back to the soundstage slowly, Marjorie looking a little sick, her knee clicking with every step. Dolly grabs her by the shoulders. Marjorie, it'll be fine. So, they can record sound now. They'll work around your knee and Ricky's impediment. Why would the director have hired you if they didn't have a plan? That's true, I guess. 
of course, darling. And at least it's just sound. Imagine if the camera could pick up color. Oh, it would be over for everyone. Especially for you, doll. I do feel better now, thanks. Dolly stops. What? What do you mean it would be over for me, especially? Marjorie doesn't answer. Just keeps walking into a massive soundstage decorated like a grand South Asian or Arab-inspired palace. Marjorie soon disappears between two decorated elephants, being led by an animal handler, leaving Dolly insecure and wildly bewildered. The end. <laughs> wow. Marjorie <laughs> is a kind of a jerk. <laughs> what? It was Dolly who pointed out her knee. Oh, what? They're both jerks. Sorry, I just yeah. like was left on the last one of her like not like saying why it'd be over for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, color. and that's obviously the gag <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Gosh, it really um I keep I'm gonna keep saying oh gosh. <laughs> I lo- I also love oh wow we <laughs> You nailed those little um <laughs> little numbers. Um you know, pertinent to the time and how we remember. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's really fun. Definitely get a lot of, um, you know, uh, satire and of those little like uh, verbal things, like from uh, like singing in the rain and like mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. such a good satire yeah. movie. Um, so, anyways, um, I love this time period. I love that you chose it. Yes. Yes. I mean, I was like, I could do something stupid, like, I don't know, modern, boring. But then I was like, no, if I'm going to do the silent film, I might as well do silent film era because that time is like so cool. I love that time in Hollywood history. Yeah. Did you ever see um, The Artist? Mm hmm. I love that movie. Anyways, I just, yeah. Um, I also like the competitiveness that you put with, you know, Dolly and Marjorie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really fun, as well as like the fears that are very real in the industry mm-hmm. in general. Because I feel like even though we're not like um, pioneering anything at the moment, well, I mean, like n- there are things being pioneered, like in VFX and everything. But in terms of color and sound, like we've right, right, that right. out, <laughs> you know. Totally. So where did you? Like, uh, so you're given the theme. Yeah. What was the next part of your your process of getting to this finished piece? Well, um, okay. So I'm going to tell you how it connects to my other story from the past. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> there were no lions. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, uh, so Dolly was actually the main character in a story that I wrote um, a few years ago for Jammiest, um, where my theme, I believe, was blonde. Mm-hmm. And she was an actress who just got a role um, back in the day. And they told her that she had to dye her hair from blonde to brunette because she was playing the good girl. Mm-hmm. And back then, blondes were often the bad girls in um movies mm-hmm. and um cassie said she really liked that story so the fact that she just forgot about it well no like, i mean here's the so. thing 
memories like mine are are not good. And I do vaguely remember this story, and I do remember liking it. However, I couldn't tell you what happened in it. I can barely tell you what I did yesterday. So, I love your writing. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just like, okay, I just want it to shut up. <laughs> yeah, you can't take my memory personally. <laughs> um. No, that's fine. But anyway, so this dolly is the same dolly as that story from a few years mm-hmm. ago. And um, I made that, like, when I said that she had brown hair, that was, like, me being, like, yes, confirmed to all you crazy fans out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um but yeah so it was a really fun one to write and I was like excited to do the voices because I wanted Marjorie and Dolly to sound so different mm-hmm. um and I tried to do transatlantic for both of them and I definitely like slipped into some southern <laughs> for some of it <laughs> the transatlantic accent is so interesting because it's not an accent from anywhere no. in particular it's like yeah. this crafted for broadcast accent. right and for mm-hmm. movies and like uh it's really interesting i feel like i heard that amelia Earhart kind of had a transatlantic atlantic accent because oh. she had trained herself to uh get over some speech impediments she had oh yeah, yeah that makes sense um if i'm rem- again my memory i read her biography and i feel like i remember that in there oh my gosh no one's gonna trust my memory anymore um okay you can get by still Without yeah. people trusting your memory. Sure. I hope so. I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that you put Ricky in the story. I did. I put my little yeah. dog in there. I mean, he's not that little. He's kind of big. But yeah. he's the baby. <laughs> and um, I definitely Googled to make sure that these names that I was using weren't actual, like, Hollywood actors that I was, like, calling out on or anything. Yeah. Um, what was George's last name? Cause that sounded like it could have totally Daniels, been George Daniels, George Daniels. Yeah, it's a good name. Oh, it is a good thank name, you, George Daniels. So <laughs> um, but yeah, I and I love the idea of um, because back then they worked on like the um studio contract system, and mm-hmm. so these women were like contracted with Warner Brothers to just be in movies that they were told to be in, and so. Mm-hmm. They kind of like had this thing where, you know, they they were obviously talking about movies that they were either like had speaking roles in or were the stars of. But then in this one, I kind of wanted to make it seem like they were playing kind of background characters in this like epic, you know, culturally inaccurate um, adventure movie or something Mm -hmm. which is completely accurate for (laughs) yeah (laughs) storytelling of the time Mm -hmm. so and like I think that was like the most interesting thing about sound stages too and still is today is when they build up sound stages and it just looks so cool so cool inside and you're like how is this it blows your mind. If you've ever been in a big soundstage and they have a full set built up, you're like, wait, what? Where am I? Who am I? Yeah. It's crazy. Or even if they only have like a portion of the set and then everything else is green screen, it's like, ah, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more often because today. Both. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's how it's adapted. Yeah. But the, for the sure. studio system really is interesting. So there'd be a lot of actors who would be in stuff that they didn't necessarily want to be. They were contractually mm-hmm. obligated. Mm-hmm. And like if another studio wanted to make a movie and use one of the actors, they would do switches, like where they'd like lend an actor out in exchange for someone else which is so weird (laughs) it's so weird it's so so weird and that's why we have you know agents and managers and all that um Mm -hmm. that system today because the studios what they were just pumping people with drugs (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) anyway we love that time era something like it's interesting to read about let's not repeat it (laughs) yeah it's definitely like it's definitely like a romanticized thing where you know if you look at the gritty details it's it's not going to be cute but in the grand the grand spectrum aka this piece that i've written it's (laughs) super cute (laughs) (laughs) super cute and like it's just interesting to think about how much sound changed the game for so many performers and why like so many performers like what happens in the artist and sunset boulevard um literally lost everything because they couldn't translate into um sound which is crazy because you're like oh you just have to speak but there's like so much more to it than that and um, I also think about like color, which I touch on. Transitioning to color was also a really hard thing for a lot of people. And I always think about, <laughs> I get so worked up about this. I always think about Betty Boop in, um, in Roger Rabbit and how she's working as a waitress at that club, even though she was like the Jessica Rabbit before Jessica Rabbit. And she talks about when she sees, um, oops, what's his name? She talks about how um, when color came around, she she couldn't keep up because she doesn't have color. And so she like it was and it also like had very like, I don't know. It's just so interesting. That whole sequence with Betty Boop, I think, is so interesting. And it really tells like what happens like it's a good metaphor of what happened to those very famous and very talented performers that just couldn't translate into the new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the Ink and Paint Club. <laughs> yes, um, the Ink and Paint Club. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. Gosh, yeah, I totally forgot about that scene. That's so mm-hmm. that's so interesting. I don't think I've actually watched uh, Roger Rabbit as an adult. I should totally do that sometime. Oh, soon. you should definitely um, do it. It's completely different. Oh my gosh. And then you should listen to my Drinks and Disney podcast episode about it. Oh, of course. That is exactly what I will do. More. <laughs> okay. I have plenty of time right now. There you go. Gosh, like so much thought went into it. That's really cool. Um, what was the impetus behind making the women uh, so competitive? Um, definitely. I mean, I, um, you know, I used to work in a talent agency. So I've seen. <laughs> that competitive competitiveness um on all levels of performing and also of um talent representation um there's also a special competitive 
drive that women specifically have, especially against each other, where these two women are friends, but they will, you know, like crawl over each other to get to the thing that they want. And um, so it's just women have a very interesting thing about being competitive where I feel like women can be friends most of the time and still be competitive but at the end of the day like yeah it probably won't be friends if they had to like actually compete for something despite just like we're talking about it um they would end up not being friends in the end but um but that's it's a very real thing it's very real today in the industry and i think in other industries um women also like are always pitted against each other in general mm-hmm. um and constantly treated as a minority even though women are the majority in numbers and so um it's just another you know it's just another cute thing from that pervasive um mr misogyny you know him cute cute mm-hmm. cute definitely yeah i just I just feel like you've put something very personal in here because, like, you and I are super competitive, and it just feels like I'm being called out. Oh, no. See, here's the thing. <laughs> because, <laughs> because Marjorie has red hair doesn't mean that you get to just put yourself in her position, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally missed that she had red hair. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She We're just gonna let that lie there. <laughs> no, I, no I mean about. I think there's a very specific way that women talk to each other, especially if they're like in a competitive relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. So No, definitely. Um yeah, it's really fun. I really love it. I'm going to have to go back to season two and listen to, uh, you know, the prequel. Yeah. Yes. Right. Go back. I think it's called, well, I think it's Blonde. Blonde. Was this when we were, like, um, putting together collections of stories where it was, like, two to four? I feel like it was. Here, hold on. I can find out right now. Okay. Da, 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 da. No, the theme was Hollywood. So yes, it was it was season one. It was way back. 2016. I wrote it in 2016. Mm, so long ago. We are in March. Now. So crazy. Yeah. So season one Hollywood episode. It's in there. It's in that one. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. This one was really fun to write. So Yeah, it was really fun to listen to. Yay. So now it's your turn to dare me. Ooh. <gasps> hmm. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. I got something. So you know how, like, people assume that back in the day that I was just reading about um, for my story that it was, like, more innocent back then? It's, like, more – it was a more innocent time. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the word I want you to use for your theme. Innocent. And don't just rewrite the lyrics to Taylor Swift's Innocent and think that I won't know, Cassie. 
I was going to test you, but I guess I won't. You apparently remember every Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I'll tell her and she'll sue your ass. Oh my gosh. I have nothing to give Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Innocent. We'll do. We'll do. Yay. Can't wait. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> See Yay. You. Bye. This episode of the JMA Spits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at Bits of Jam Podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit our first drafts, that you'll be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write.